I did get a, a text now congratulating me, but saying the Giants look pretty good from our next guest. He's on every Monday morning, editor, National Review, Politico, NBC, does it all. My dear friend, Rich Lowry. So congratulations on the Giants, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you're so sensitive about being congratulated over your team's victory. No, I, don't, again. I, about, I don't care, but it's just kind of silly. I, I take and, and by the way, I always go, thank you. As if I did something about it. But that was a uh, that was impressive. I mean, I've gone a lot of years. You know, people uh, will remember when I was at WFAN in the um, in the early 2000s, I was the pregame show host for the Giants. 10,000 fans more would show up at Gate D right before the game. And I've had a great relationship with Pat Halen and the Giants forever. You know, Phil Sims, LT, those are close friends of mine. So... Uh, this is big for me, and uh, yesterday was just uh, a great effort. And yeah. if you're a Giant fan, which you got to be very excited about Daniel Jones. Yeah, that guy was impressive. I thought they were kind of overdoing it there a little bit in the first half, the, the running, but but uh, it it worked, you know. And they, they, big big offense, pass first approach, not a run first approach. So uh, I'm not going to say congratulations, but it was uh, uh, impressive. It was you know, impressive. The thing about fans mattering. If you watch the the Dolphins Bills game, you know the the Dolphins had four delay of game penalties and had to take three timeouts to avoid other delay of game penalties, all because of the noise in that place. No, Orchard Park is is insane, but uh, unbelievable game too. I mean, to think that the third string quarterback Skylar Thompson mm-hmm. would have the Dolphins down by just three in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I was happy. A third, a third and a foot at the fifty, just yes. needing about fifteen yards to get into range to tie the game, and then they the, a couple stupid calls. Um, but anyway, that was that was a, another. It was great, great games all weekend, except for the Forty Nine ers Seahawks. Right, that was a blowout. But even though you know, by the way, even that game, you know, Seattle had the lead at halftime. The Forty Nine ers actually outscored Seattle twenty five to three in the second half to go on and win 41-23, but mm-hmm, that right. game was 17-16 Seattle at the half. I was happy the Bills won because if they didn't, I'd have to hear yeah, that the injury to DeMar Hamlin is why they right. lost, and I'm, not, I'm so over that. Josh Allen with his number three hat after the game. Was that because he threw three picks? I mean, uh, let's move on already, okay? The kid's okay, thank God. He's going to be okay. Enough, no? Yeah, but the football, I mean, it's so dominant. Someone sent me a graphic last week of the, the top, I think it was like 200 TV shows of 2022 and 190 of them were football games you, wow. know, you get the, Shows you. you get yep. the thanksgiving yep. parade day parade in there somewhere yep. you know the world cup way down but it is amazing but no no nba no major league baseball no nhl no. i used to have that conversation with bernie all the time he'd be like oh people are down on football they're done they i yep. go bernie you're just you're factually incorrect roger goodell that's an empire that is an yeah, absolute amazing. empire. And for all the fans that yell and scream about guys are taking a knee, I'm done, they're all there every Sunday. They're all there. You know? Yeah, so. I am, I am hard-pressed to say that the, that the rules changes all haven't been good. I mean, the two-point conversions make it more exciting. The, the more emphasis on offense you know, makes it more exciting. It's just a really compelling game. It really is, and uh, we've got a couple of great games coming up this weekend. Again, early Saturday, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Saturday night, the Giants and the Eagles. Early Sunday, you get the game that was canceled two weeks ago, the Bills and the Bengals. And then Sunday night, the winner of tonight's Tom Brady Buccaneer Cowboy game will take on San Francisco. Lots to cover. Documents, more documents for Joe Biden. The George Santos situation here in New York. We'll talk more with Rich Lowry from the editor of the National Review right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. When the truth is found, 
I don't know why when I hear this song, I think of Jim Carrey. What was it, Cable Guy, when he did this song and he was like dancing to it all weird and stuff? I think it was Cable Guy, Jim Carrey. This is a classic Jefferson Starship, right? I think drugs. (laughs) (laughs) You think so? All right, 7.52 on your Monday morning. Back with uh, Rich Lowry. So, Rich, uh, every day they find more documents someplace else. And, look, I don't care. I know Obama's got boxes and boxes of them. We know that Trump's got them, too. The difference is Trump and Obama can declassify. Biden can't. But it is unbelievable watching our mutual friend Chuck Todd yesterday. They will go after Donald Trump. Day after day after day, and whether it's his document scandal or his son, they really try to do their best, this crooked media, to not make a big deal of all the things that Joe Biden does. When Trump does it, it's like, yes, go to the electric chair. Explain that to me. <laughs> well, I, I thought I watched the Sunday shows yesterday, and I thought uh, it got pretty good treatment, actually, both on Meet the Press and, and on This Week. Um but oh, I, no could, I couldn't stand watching that, that little weasel Rod Rosenstein on Meet the Press. I couldn't stand him yesterday. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I clicked off that. I did not watch that interview. <laughs> I, I clicked over to, to this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there'd be a higher level reaction for Trump. But th- this is just, just when Biden said they were locked in my garage with my Corvette. That's like the funniest thing the guy's ever said in his <laughs> long career, you know? Like there's an exception for a locked garage with yeah. a really hot car, you know? Okay, like maybe, maybe we would forgive him if it's been a Barracuda in there, you know? <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's hilarious. But, you know, it's so many hilarious. people, including Bill O'Reilly on this show a couple of days ago, try to make excuses for Biden in that they go, listen, to be completely fair, he wouldn't even know. You think he remembers when he left those boxes behind? (laughs) I swear to God. I mean, all all I hear is Donald Trump does something. It's because he's evil and whatever. When Joe Biden does something, there's always that cognitive excuse. And I have to tell you that eventually that apathy and disdain, I think they go hand in hand when you talk about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the upshot, though, is how, how can I possibly indict um, Trump on, on the documents now, given this? And really, this, the thing that should have killed it from the beginning is the, the Hillary standard. Hillary is much worse than both Trump and Biden. I mean, she went out of her way to create this homebrew server to uh, defy and get around federal law, you know, the handling of, of documents and, and freedom of information requests and all that. And they didn't, didn't indict her. There's no way by that standard you can indict Trump. They're not going to indict Biden because he can't indict a sitting president. But um, I, I think it, it should put this one away. I think it should, too. Let's get to the migrant crisis. The mayor, Eric Adams, in El Paso, Texas, he's on a plane as we speak coming home. He uh, Listen, he blamed the federal government. He never said Joe Biden, but he did blame the federal government. He needs help. He needs he needs help from the state. Kathy Hochul, he needs help from Biden. When he says help, he needs money. Uh, what are your thoughts on Eric Adams' visit, and what do you have to say? Well, it's, it's good in the sense it goes to actually to the source of the problem. So the, the ultimate source of the problem is, is not what, uh, you know, Texas or Arizona are doing in terms of shipping these, these migrants north. It's what's happening at the border. That has to be the focus. And to the extent that people like Adams, Democrats in good standing, can put the focus there, it creates more pressure on the Biden administration to do something, not that it's ever going to do something. I mean, its plan basically is to legalize 
as much of the flow of illegal immigrants as possible and then say as a matter of accounting, look, there, there are fewer illegal immigrants because they're all legal now. Um, but that's, that's not going to alleviate the, the problem at the end of the day. But this is a national problem and it deserves a national solution. You're just not going to get it. Do you see my uh, tweet go viral yesterday? Over 2 million views, even Mr. Boston Sports Day Portnoy actually retweeted my conversation with George Santos and made a comment of his own. Did you see that? No, I missed it. All right, you, you got to hear this. So this is an interview that me and Bernard did back with George Santos back in 2020. You may remember he won in 2020, but they took it away from him. So he lost. And then he came back two years later and won again during this midterm when he beat Zimmerman back in November. But this dates all the way back to three years ago. Santos is on with me and Bernie. And me and George get into a conversation about college and sports. And if you missed it, which Lowry, once again, over 2 million views yesterday went viral. Here's what it sounded like. George Santos running against Tom Swazi in that third congressional district coming up next Tuesday. Hey, you know, it's funny, George, you go right to the heart here of me, Sid and Bernie. At the very end of your biography, it says, in his spare time, George Anthony enjoys volleyball and tennis. Let me tell you why that's funny. You're on this show. Bernie's daughter, Melanie, was a star volleyball player in college. And my daughter, Ava, as we speak, is working on a tennis scholarship when she goes to college. So the two sports that you seem to enjoy on the weekends are the same two sports our two daughters excel in. You know, it's funny. I actually went to school on a, on a volleyball scholarship. I, you did? I, knew what, I did, yeah. Um, when I was in Baruch, we were the number one volleyball Did you graduate team, from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. So did I. Oh, very cool. So, great school. Great institution. Very yes. liberal, but very good. Very good professors who don't show their bias, which is which is very uh, interesting. But that's a whole other conversation. But it's funny that we went to we went to, to play against Harvard, Yale, and we slay them. <laughs> we, slay them. <laughs> we were champions across the entire Northeast corridor. Every school that came up against us, they were shaking at the time. And it's funny, I was the smallest guy, and I'm six two. We had on our block, on our on our uh, on our block alone, there were six seven, six eight. These guys weren't jumping; they were just stretching their arms up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we were animal. All of us should have been playing basketball, but we chose volleyball because it was easier. <laughs> so it was a it was a great time. Uh, I look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice knee replacement uh, knee replacements from oh, wow. HSS playing volleyball. That's how serious I took the game. Not one thing that he said there. Not one. From playing volleyball to hurting his knees to Baruch, not one thing <laughs> is true. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah, way to go, Baruch. And I had no idea three years ago. How about what's happened since those comments and, of course, since the midterms? That's, I mean, it's, it's truly pathological, right? I mean, because he's good at it. Pathological liars are, are really good at it, right? He had you going along. It sounded so confident and natural. So, I mean, the, the problem is they have a five-seat majority, right? And, and this guy is one of the seats. So you'd want to say, all right, get him out of here and, and uh, let's, let's get the next guy. But um, there's a risk there. So um, I think it's ultimately unsustainable, and he, he will have to resign. Um, 
but uh, it's it's a sad it's a sad case. Yeah. But like you said, as a Republican, I want to keep him there. He's a liar. He's uh, I mean, he's out of control. He's so bad. But I don't want to risk losing that seat. That's more important to me than George Santos. I mean, uh, he's kind of like uh, a lot of my buddies say he's our John Fetterman. If the Democrats <laughs> yeah. could have John Fetterman, we've got George Santos. <laughs> hey, Rich, happy MLK Day. I love you, pal. Great job as always. You, my to. man, Rich Lowry, every Monday morning at 740. Got a big day still ahead halfway through this program.